One, two, yeah. Yep. Let me hear you. Check one, two, three. Check, check one, I like two. It. All right, man. So, did you, so, where did you learn how to do all this, man? Um. Well, you know, so before the whole. Uh, well, you were the band. I mean, yeah, I was a band guy, but I, you know, I was on the road. Uh, you know, even in college, I did the music. Like all through high school, that was my deal: was music mm. and playing in bands, all that sort of stuff. And honestly, I mean, um, for where, where I am, like technology hasn't changed all that much since then. Like, because I keep it down. Like, I could do the whole digital through the computer. But I had to kind of do it old school, and uh, and then also just out of necessity, man, just kind of figure it out. Like, who else is going to come over here and do it? And thank God for YouTube. Mm. <laughs> you know, so I was telling my boy, man, if there's something you love to do and you want to be good at it, if you suck, it's your own fault. There's so much instruction out there, man. On everything. Yeah. Like, like if you want to learn how to play guitar when I was growing up, you had to go get t- like guitar lessons from a guy, like mm. a bearded old man down at the music store. Mm. Now you turn on your phone. It's crazy. That's my next, after I get my doctorate, guitar. You think? Mm-hmm. Huh. Why guitar? In the next 10 years. I mean, the next decade. Yeah, yeah. In this decade of excellence coming up. The decade of excellence. It's a lot to live up to. So you got uh, the doctorates on the bucket list. Guitar, give me one more thing on the bucket list. Book. Yeah. Finally. Which is the dissertation, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, that'll give me, that'll help me launch into the book. That's, you have to make a friendly it's like a friendly dissertation. Yeah. I just, right at this point, let's yeah. get it done. Can yeah. we just get this thing done? Yeah. So, but I've, I've been so stretched. I don't think I've ever been, uh, allowed myself to be, and I waited till, you know, the ripe age of, you know, 57 to start my doctoral program. So I'll be 60. A young 60. Spring chicken. Mm-hmm. Just getting started. I mean, Mother Teresa did get started, so she was like 75, really. You know why? Because she was lazy. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Door, yeah. Doors just did, just did not open for her. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's kick it off. Here we go, brother. Teach like a rock star podcast. Jeff Springer. Here we go. I'm ready. Your first, uh, our first returning guest. You. The sequel. Yeah. All right, Teacher the Rockstar Podcast. Jeff Springer back on the show today. And you know what? As soon as we're done here, brother, I'm hitting the road. As soon as you leave, I'm going to load up the car, head up to uh, North Forney High School to hang out with some student leaders. Then I'm on the road. I'll be in Indiana, and then I go to New Mexico, and then all through Texas. And uh, things get crazy for about three and a half, four weeks. It's awesome. Back to school, baby. Here we go. The big run. The run starts today. Mm -hmm. And I, I I was hoping to feel a little bit more rested, but... But you know what? You can't ever rest for this thing. No, it's like the first day. Yeah. I mean, it's this, this time of year. You just don't get the anticipation. Yep. I love it. I love it. And uh, so, so, so here's the plan. So what I do is I get, I'll, I'll go on the road today. 
and then I'll either have a, a gig or a travel day for the next three and a half, four weeks. Mm. And then, uh, and then, and then the day I get back about noon after I get back the noon, the following day, I'll feel it and I'll be sick. Then, and then I get sick. Like you allow yourself to finally yeah, get sick. You stop. Yeah. And so I'll get sick. And then for about a week and I'll shut it down and then get back at it mm. every year. So weird. I wish, I wish I could prevent it. I try to prevent it. Like I tried sleeping extra. I tried taking, you know, supplements or vitamins and forget it. You're sick. All that adrenaline. I guess. I think it's what it is. Mm. Like you guys, at some point I think it's toxic maybe. Who knows? All right. Here's what we have in common is, uh, you know, I was just thinking about this this morning is, um, when you decided to leave principling and, uh, to repurpose, I uh, with the we it was so interesting what people said to me when I decided to leave the classroom to do this. Everybody says, "Oh my God, congratulations!" It's such a weird thing to say. Yeah, it's like you, uh, yeah. I, they don't know what else to say. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's what it is. I, I mean, congratulations on retirement. I mean, to me, I mean, I, I didn't even want to use that word. Right. And of course, you you weren't retiring. No, I mean, you were way young. You know, I was just a little older uh-huh. and, uh, but you know, I guess 34 years in education, um, congratulations. You survived. I don't know, <laughs> I, mean, sure. I don't know. but like, you're gonna, I mean, I just, I think people have in their head that they got, they're going to have when you, uh, do this repurposing, um, or retire, tiring in their, uh, their, uh, the way they communicate that next journey is that they're just going to like, there's this uh, prize at the end yeah. or something. And um, to me, it's just that it's just taking the next step, just yeah. doing the next thing. Yeah. For me, it was um, I, cause, cause the strange part is, is that although I love what I do now, I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about, how good it was and how much I loved being a part of a school and being part of a, a classroom family and creating that every year and, uh, and watching the metamorphosis of these kids for those nine months, you know, when they come in on the first day and wondering who they're going to be on the last day when they leave and watching that shift and watching that change, you know, and watching them grow intellectually and emotionally and physically and in every watch them become adults. It's mm. crazy. And to be a part of that, I mean, I miss it every day. Yeah. That, you know, people ask me, um, how's the transition? And I'm just honest with you. I'm still transitioning. Yeah. I mean, two years later, um, I miss, I miss all those things you just talked about. I miss the, um, the affiliation. I mean, I think we, we want, we like to be affiliated with an organization, with a team, with a, with a family. And, um, and so now your, your schedule is, um, a little bit more autonomy, and that's good. And, uh, but I tell people all the time, I miss being the principal. I don't necessarily miss all the responsibilities yeah. of being the principal, but I miss, I miss this time of year, you know, with the startup, you know, the band is you know, all of a sudden out in, a, out right. in the parking lot and the drill teams in the commons and, um, you know, cheerleaders and foot, all the sports teams are back and kids are cross country. Kids are running around the school. And so you start realizing that it's time to start up, start to, to renew. And that's the great thing about education is you get another chance sure. to restart. Yeah. I can't imagine. You know, I always said that, like, how long is it some other career? Like how long, because you know, you show up for at the office on day one at 22 and you're thinking, all right, here we go for the next 40 years. Yeah. Nonstop. Yeah. 
But with with school, brother, there's a big, there's a big. I mean, there's almost a parade leaving, you know, leading up to the first day. Mm-hmm. It's a big celebration. Can't sleep the night before. And then you're going, then you have like halftime. It's a game, you have halftime at Christmas, spring break. Here comes the fourth quarter, yeah. the two-minute drill, last couple of weeks of school. Yeah. You know, Hail Mary, there it is. We went touchdown, yeah. graduation. You shut it down. Celebrate. Yeah, it's celebration. There's closure. Mm. And you do it again. Yeah. But I think the downside is I think that's why life goes by so fast. Mm. Yeah. I, th- I think it's probably slower if you're just grinding it out every day in some miserable cubicle. <laughs> yeah. Quality. Right. Versus quantity. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. It could be because, you know, but th- this, I think it's why it's so, because people are so passionate and they're loving it and exciting. I think that's why it goes by so fast. Mm. You know, most teachers are in education because they um, want to create the same experience. I think a lot of them that they had. Yeah. And so they are, um, they're just, uh, you know, I used to tell my students, like you just talked about the excitement is, you know, they think, you know, kids get, they get nervous and, and excited about what, who their teachers are going to be and who's going to be in their classroom and all that kind of stuff. And teachers do the exact same thing. They want to know about the chemistry of the, you know, the makeup of their classrooms and, um, you know, are they going to make a difference? You know, is their classroom ready? Are they going to, you know, create that culture? Um, I think, I think that's what I see. I know my daughter is a, is a teacher and she's doing all those things now. And, you know, um, I think the, the perception is by those outside education is that teachers just go home, shut it down and they do. They need to, yeah. but they, but they, but I think their classroom is really always on their mind, whether they're physically there or not. You know, and eventually, as we get into June, past June, into July, and right. start gearing up, they start thinking about and dreaming about those things, those relationships they're going to have in the fall. You know, man, I think it, what it is, it's not that they shut it down. I think it just it, for this profession, it requires time to process everything emotionally. Like you just can't. Stop and stop. There's, there's got to be some closure. I mean, you just you just birthed, you know, 32 kids out your classroom door after the nine month gestation period of the school year. You know, I mean, there's there's some time it takes to let that sink in and who these kids were, you know, in the relationship and all that. Because now it's over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's an ending of a family, and there has to be some some time for closure and to process it and think about it as well. Yeah, as a high school principal. I used it was a bittersweet May was bittersweet, especially when you had a group of kids. Um, now I didn't have the day to day intimate relationship as a classroom teacher. My sphere of influence was perhaps bigger, but when you have a group of kids in your building for four years, and um, and then they, you know, every every year it was like a part of you. Uh, it was like your own kids, um, you know, like anticipating that empty, empty nest, so to speak. And of course, because it wasn't in the year, and you're in now an empty building, you know, symbolic of that emptiness. Um, but just seeing the next phase of their life and and being excited about that, and again, the celebration of graduation. I love graduation day, but at the same time, knowing that many of those kids, when they walk out of that um, arena and up the steps and out of the building, it might be the last time you've ever you ever see them. Yep. Yeah. 
you know, like all those feelings. Oh my gosh, mm. to prepare that kid, you know, yeah. you drop the ball. Does he need every? Does he have everything he need? Which of course they don't, but they're gonna acquire it along the way. Yeah, you know, you know, you're, the the whole idea of you know, these teachers coming into the year trying to create whatever it is that they had and, you know, those reasons that they became a teacher for me, you know, that there's some negative, there's some negative side to that as well, because oftentimes I find teachers that come into the business and they came into the business because it was just fun and school was easy and school was awesome. And they loved school and they sat in the front row. And so they went to high school and they participated and they were on a drill team or cheerleader and student council and they went to Spanish club and they went to, you know, Chicago on the choir trip. And, you know, and then, well, this is so much fun. I'm going to do, I'm going to be, teacher so they went to college and that was easy you know they come out with a degree and they go get a job and they show up on the first day and oh my gosh they got two kids in the classroom that were that are like them and the other 30 mm. uh-uh they don't even want to be there and i think sometimes for teachers that's a really hard realization mm. like what like what do i <laughs> yeah yeah. No one did the homework. Right. I, I loved, I had a desk in my room. I had a bulletin board on my wall when I was growing up. I did my homework. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like you're looking for, you're looking for volunteers. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, why is, why can't they ha- have the same uh, emotion and feelings and, and expectations and excitement that, that, that I had? I mean, it's like a good coach. A, a, I mean, it's like a, a talented player sometimes are not always, you know, um, they find it hard to coach because they can't maybe always relate to the different factors of, of how hard it is for some kids yeah. to just even just, just simply be there. But, um, but I also think, don't you think some teachers get into profession too for, because maybe, maybe they didn't have the yeah. best, um, experience and yep. they want to, and they want to make sure that they, don't duplicate that. that sure. They, they want to make it. They want to make their kids' experience even even better. Kind of like a good parent yep. who you know maybe didn't have the greatest home life and just says, "Hey, when I become an, a parent, I'm going to make sure that my you know my kids you know have everything they need to prepare, you know prepare them for life and you know emotional uh, you know physical and spiritual and all that mm. you know." And I think te- I think me- so. Um, Here's what's interesting about that. So like at my teacher Rockstar thing, when we do a full day event, there's always a moment where we talk about that. Like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. What's the real reason that we're here for our kids? Cause you could do anything. I and mean, these are smart people, incredibly resourceful, incredibly high IQs of all the professions on, on all this research that I have. Why teaching? Like why these kids? And we'll find those teachers that, you know, it was amazing. And I want to provide that for my kids. What's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll ask, who here just didn't have that experience and struggled and, and maybe even suffered at the hands of some really poor teaching and every once in a while, somebody will volunteer that's the, you know, that's why I'm here. And there's a lot of emotion, but what's interesting is at the break, lots of them come up. Mm. They just don't want to talk about it publicly or they'll send an email or say something on Facebook later or something. But it's, it's fascinating that even at this age, they're like a 35 year old adult and they don't want to talk about it. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, which also says that no matter how old we get, we still have a little bit of that. That stays with us. We carry that with yeah. us, you know, and, um, to acknowledge those things, those feelings and so forth. And to, to, um, 
be able to verbalize those, I think, are so, so important. So I think that's yeah. great that you offered that opportunity, you know, that you asked that question, you know, to, to maybe, even if they just do it. Uh, through email or or one on one to yeah. be able to verbalize that, and because uh, I think a lot of times maybe they've never said anything to anybody, maybe they've never had an opportunity to say why I got into teaching. They just, they just, you know, they just yeah. do. Nobody who nobody asked that question. You I know? think you're right. Yeah, and you know, especially the way we do it, because you know, I, I partner them up. That way, you can't you, like some, somebody's going to hold you accountable. So, so we come up with the most superficial reason first. Mm-hmm. Well, well, why do you do this? Let's all share it. Well, I applied for this job for some bizarre reason. They hired me and they're going to pay me. So when the kids are coming, I should probably teach them something. Okay. Well, why is that? And dig a little deeper. And then once you find that next, the next deeper um, answer of why you do this, ask yourself again, now, why is that? And you're going to find there's an even deeper one than that. Mm-hmm. If I, like articulate that, ask yourself, why is that? And you're going to keep digging and digging and digging. And eventually you're going to dig so deep that once you, you're going to say the answer, ask yourself, why is that? And, and there's no answer. That's just what it is. And that's how you know you're there. And so I'll partner them up. And so they'll have a partner that will, will keep saying, why is that? Well, think about it. Why is that? Is there a reason for that? And it'll force them to go deeper and deeper until there's just nothing left. And that's what it is. And, w- and when you find those um, people, because lots of them were there was somebody there that was there for me and I want to pay it forward. Mm. Uh, and, and there's a, that handful, there was nobody there for me and I struggled and I suffered and I know what that's like. And I never want that to happen to another kid. And, and what I find those teachers are um, just phenomenal mm. and, and like they get it, you know, it's those teachers that are really gonna, you know, they want to deliver the content, but more than that, those are the ones that, from day one understood that, Hey man, I'm just going to use this content as the vehicle to teach what I really want to teach. Mm. Yeah. The difference between teaching subject versus teaching kids. Yeah. And you know, cause a lot of times we struggle. I, I think I struggled as a high school principal sometimes with staff members that just taught their subject. I am my subject because they, they love their subject. And right. quite frankly, their love for their subject was contagious, but, um, but that's kind of as far as this, you know, um, subject matter right. goes, but then what, uh, you know, what, go, what was beyond that sometimes was, you know, a, a, stu- a teacher that could do both could, could definitely knew their subject matter, but could also build relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, was was sometimes rare. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I think there's a place for those, mm. but but it's really important to have the flip side. You know, where we kind of have that per- that you know that kind of high school professor, mm. where you know instead of um, using the subject to teach the kids, they really are using the kids so that they can teach their subject. But having the be able to flip the switch the other way, mm-hmm. where I can I can use my now use my now now that I have them now I can use my subject so I can teach these kids. Well, have to have enough self awareness in 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 classroom yeah. awareness to know that you okay knowledge is only going to take me so far, but they also need to know how much you know I care about each one of them. Yep, and um, you know these kids enter these buildings now and they. Uh, their teacher or an adult in that building may be the only person 
that acknowledges their, you know, their value. Yeah. You know, they're in their life, you know, and that's why teaching profession has gotten so much harder because they don't teach that in, you know, methods class, you know? And so, um, it's, that's just one of those things now that just comes along with, with, with being a teacher, Mm -hmm. you know, the definition of being a teacher has expanded. It really has. I mean, just, you know, so because they're not getting that reinforcement at home, the, you know, they're, they're actually kind of replacing some of that that's missed at home. That, and and you know I think years ago when when that when the change was when that when that shift was happening, I think there was a lot of teachers because it was right at the beginning of my career I feel where that shift was really happening where um, a lot of teachers pushed back, but now what I find there's so many teachers just relish in the opportunity that I want to be the one, you know I want that to be me, I know and so and so for me. I just talked about this. I did a thing called the Strobel Summit. Kim Strobel, she's a professional development uh, consultant, and she's awesome. And she did a thing online where she had five or six of us uh, talk and Skype, and she put it out there for free PD. But that was one of the things we talked about. It was like, you know, my recommendation for teachers is, like, you have to set it up in your mind where you're convinced that you're the only one. Mm. Like a kid walks into the classroom and the way I re, I know it sounds crazy, but you know, that it's the safest thing you can do is put a hundred percent belief in the idea. This kid has no parents. He has no church youth group. He has no coach. He has no siblings. He's got no aunt and uncle. He's got no grandpa. He's got nobody but me. And once you do that, you know, for me, that way I'm not going to miss any of them because they're, they're awesome actors. Mm. I mean, those kids will make you believe that everything's great. Everything's good on, on at home. It's um, my life is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then after they graduate, you find out the truth. Mm-hmm. Now it's too late. Yeah. 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 We used to tell the teachers, uh, I know one year our focus was that we were lifesavers, that we were literally life savers. Yeah. And, um, I think some of the teachers had a hard time with that. Um, because, they didn't see themselves in that role. And, and, but we, when you can get to that point where teachers see their, you know, the difference that they can make in the impact on a day to day to day basis. I mean, they spend more time with, with the kids, students, especially at the lower level than, than the, than parents do. And so uh, beyond the house inside that classroom is opportunity to be, lifesaver right you know you know i think uh, some of the pushback is you know, I'm, I'm here to teach them the material i'm a teacher that's i don't want to be but in in the, well i guess i'm old-fashioned is what they say but i think there's a there's even a, an older fashion and the older fashion is look man i just want to teach and i want learners to learn that's it but what i'm telling you is if that kid is going to learn that kid has to feel safe and secure and loved if he doesn't if he if he doesn't have that well, we need to provide that so that we can teach and so that he can learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some kids get that at home. The ones I taught, mm-hmm. most of them did not. We felt like the last couple of years when I was at Magnolia High School that the kids needed to know three things. And if they didn't know these three things, and we really felt like every we're – not, we're, we're talking about every single kid in yeah. the high school. In a high school campus, not elementary, not middle school, but a high school campus – that they needed to know these three things if we were going to move from excellence to eminence. 
and that was that they were that every single kid that walked into the building was valuable, and that every single kid felt like they were complete. In other words, they were good enough. They had what it takes. They had the potential. They uh, they had all the tools that um, you know. It was just up to us to plug them in. Yeah. To, to to remind them of their completeness, flip the light on so yes, they could see it. Yes, yes, and it didn't not complete in the fact that they were done, but complete in the fact that they have they have everything right there in front of them, and it was up to us to help them see that. And then the last thing that was that they were loved, so that they were valuable, they were complete, and they were loved. And um, for high school campus and for high school kids to act, you know, sometimes we think they don't want to hear those things, but they absolutely do. And once they buy into that kind of thing, it's amazing what you can do. Now yeah. you can teach. <laughs> now you can teach. Right. And now you can do those other things because of the relationship, the atmosphere, the culture that you build in the campus, because the goal was that kids, kids, to, kids wanted to be there. I mean, and, and a lot of times kids want to be anywhere but there in a high school setting. Yep. It's interesting. You know, where, at Cy Springs, where I, where I finished up my career, some of the most challenging personalities that we had in the school, the most challenging kids are the ones that we're trying to kick out of the commons at 430 to go home. Mm. They want to sit in there and play dominoes and hang out. But it's interesting, they would talk about how much they hated school, didn't want to be here all day long. But the, look, when they have the opportunity to do anything, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. They're sitting in the comments with their friends playing dominoes. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and and you know that that whole man the 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 the, the VCL movement, which is really what it was. Um, how many years did you did you harp on that? How, how many years did it take to really sink that in? You know, I was there fourteen years. Mm-hmm. Um, we you know we we threw in the hashtag. And uh, hashtag VCL, and uh, it became kind of a unit fine. Um, it started. I mean, we even had. I mean, it, it was on T-shirts. It was on wristbands. Um, it still is. When I hear from kids, VCL always. Yeah. You know, it's still a, kind of a legacy. Um, Years and, later, it's still using yeah, the hashtag. A- absolutely, and you know, um, you know, we also did hashtag six words. You know, I love you, I need you, that kind of thing. Kids know they just have to have something that that makes them all common. Yeah. You know, and um, that's the one place or the one thing that no matter where we came from, um, that we were unified in that that we shared that. Even if you and I have a difference, we go to the same school and we both know three things that we're valuable, complete and loved. And that made, I think that really made a difference. Uh, and it took a couple of years to do that. And really the last four or five years, um, that I was at Magnolia high school, um, we kind of saw that taken, of course, for social media mm-hmm. and been, taking advantage of those kinds of opportunities with, you know, through Twitter and Instagram and so forth and Facebook, um, you know, tagging on that. I mean, it, it kept, keeps it alive sure. and, and moves it forward. I think people really underestimate the, the power of when you get all those kids on board. I, and I can remember seeing... I'm pretty sure. I mean, I might have this wrong in my memory. It looked like maybe it was a pep rally, and all the kids had different color shirts on, like VCL shirts. 
Is that, is that, is yeah. Yeah. We, you know, our, each class had a different color. Uh-huh. So we'd have their year in VCL on, on the sleeve or, or every year it was a different design. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So we would have at pep rallies, we would challenge the, the, the different classes to wear their class color shirt. Uh-huh. But what was in common, obviously, other than the fact that they all went to the Magnolia high school was that they were, that they wore a shirt that said VCL on it. Right. And then, man, I'm, I remember a story, and I'm not sure if a kid told me this or a teacher, but isn't it? Wasn't there somebody running for school board or something that like said, "No, I'm sure they can't. No one feels that way over there," or something like that. That didn't turn out well for him or her, did it? No, it didn't. And, and, and I didn't even have to carry the banner right? because the kids took it. And so, they go, I mean, her question was, "How you really? How do you really expect me to believe that at a high school?" that kids feel like they were valuable, complete and loved. And it just was that, that was probably the greatest thing that happened for us. Man. <laughs> she lit the fire. She was the unifying force. And you know, maybe in her defense, maybe like she had a, maybe she had a bad high school experience. Right. She was just reflecting on that. Right. And I didn't feel that way. I'm, not, I'm sure those other yeah. people, you know, how can I, how could anyone believe that? But the kids went crazy. Well, you know, you have to be, it has to be, you can't just do those things uh, with, without being authentic. And so you, you kiss, just, you know, it wasn't a flip of a switch. We were already, we already had this, you know, a foundation mm-hmm. of that. And, um, so anybody outside that circle or that family would question, sure. you know, come on, really in a high school, public education, that many kids in come on high school. And you're telling those kids and the, you guys really say that. And, yeah. you know, and, um, uh, you know, it would be poo pooed and so forth. But, but so you're right. You would, you could, you could see how, uh, someone on the outside would, because, because that's the, sometimes the way our world is, is, you know, to criticize things that maybe are yeah. against the norm, you know, and, but yet is really, um, really needed, you know, so anyway. And, you know, I, I love that the kids took the initiative because, you know, like looking back, that's. That's kind of how I always judged our family and how we were doing together as a class is, is when I'd be, uh, you know, at the end, you know, I was on the road speaking a lot and, you know, I'd say, all right, you know, we're, we're going to have a sub. Those sub notes, that's how I knew where we really were because we could all play fun and have, you know, hug at the classroom door and high five for days and, you know, be sweet to each other in here. But what really happens is when, you know, the cat's away and what, when, like, what, like, what are the mice going to do? And it was devastating. Like if if I came back, it was oh my god, mm. these kids were rude, and they gave, they were pretending they were different people, and they sat in different seats. I couldn't tell whose name was whose. Oh my, bro- broke my heart. Mm. Like what do we do? But that's how you know. Like oh my god, this class was amazing. They took charge, and it, I didn't have to do anything. They knew exactly what to do. That's what I love about your kids taking you know control of that situation. Mm. You know now you know it's for real. Well, you, if you can build that pride in um, a campus and then their school as well, and that becomes kind of a battle cry um, and that, and they hear it enough and they, and they, they believe it. Yeah. Um, so again, as a, as a principal and it, hopefully as a teacher in a building like that, you, that's what you want. It just makes, it makes everybody's life easier yeah. and more pleasant and, uh, and there's time to, you know, more time to play. Mm-hmm. 
You know, the thing is also, in addition to that, I think when those kids come around, they really feel a part of something. There, There's a theme that's, that is driven home, becomes part of the culture, like, you know, the VCL. But also, in my experience, is the kids uh, are crystal clear about their teachers, like why they're there, what we're talking about, why, like why these kids, why this school, why am I teaching here? Why do I teach this class? They know the answer. They know their teachers answer to that. And they also understand what they really want for their kids. Like the teachers are talking to them about that. And, you know, as we start this back to school stuff, you know, I see, um, especially online and forums and different leadership groups on Facebook or whatever, like, what should I do with my my teachers, like what kind of back to school stuff and uh, like all their ideas are amazing, mm. but it really has to be like every year rebuild the foundation of what do we, what do you really want for your kids? Mm-hmm. Like 40 years from now, your kids are going to be sitting at the reunion talking about you. Like what's that conversation? What do you want that to be? And then upon that foundation, we can build, you know, instructional strategies and the new technology and all that stuff. But, you know, for me, those those are the main questions to get focused on as teachers come back to the building. Mm. Yeah, the theme, you know, I always enjoyed uh, creating a theme for the new year. Enjoyed it? Pfft, that was a light. That's your lifeblood, yeah, man. But, but it, <laughs> I mean, it was. It was. And, and I think that's kind of like what you're talking about. A lot of these uh, administrative posts and so forth, uh, conversations you see online are geared towards um, – it excites me that I think more building principals and administrators are uh, th- thinking that way. Yep. I mean, it's it's now the norm. It I used to be. It, it used yeah. to be not. Right. But I mean, elementary principals and teachers have always been good at that kind of stuff. But secondary, not so good. You know, they, they were really just to, you know almost. You know, just the facts, you know, know, just just data and scores, just the operational type things, but not the, you know, not the nurturing, not the, you know, the big picture, you know, not the creativity, innovative type. And I see that now across the board. More than ever. But it has to be, again, it can't, it has to be part of your culture and who you are. You can't make it up. You know, um, it has to be real. So how do you establish that? And and I think part of that is just is part of is longevity. And then also talking about, you know, the beyond the one year goals, you know, one to three year, one to, f- to five year and then even 10 year. Yeah. So people, not only teachers, but community members know that you're here and you're building something. You know, it's not just a, a revival thing. Right. And so how do you perpetuate that all year long? You know, uh, one of the reasons why we brought you in that one year was that I didn't want to just, you know, one hour here, two hours there, and then school starts and schedule starts and we forget all the great uh, professional development we had at the beginning, all all front loaded. It needs to be part, you know, professional development needs to be, you know, standing in the hallways in between the classroom, you know, talking informally about what we're, how exciting we are about our next lesson and, you know, those kind of things. and. Uh, building relationships with kids on a daily basis. And I think the authenticity is the key to anything that you do be who you are. Right. And I think also as a leader, just to, 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 
to show what that looks like. You know, you know, we always talk about, I mean, people have to see it if they're going to be it. I have to show it if I'm going to grow it in those students or in those teachers. And, you know, we, especially in Texas, we do front load it, man. People in other states don't do this. Most of the states that I, I go to, they have two days before the kids come. They have one day they show up and do some sort of thing for the whole district for a couple hours. Then they go to their schools, and then they have one day to get their classrooms ready, and the kids show up. And sometimes when they're in a union, they can't even go on campus until those two days. Mm. They can't do anything. But in Texas, a lot of these have two weeks. Yeah, You talk about front-loading. Mm. What, but what happens is we, we, we get, we, everybody's fired up. We have new ideas, and we have tons of time in the classroom, and we team, teams are meeting, and there's district-wide English and, dist- and district-wide third grade. and district, you know, We have all this district-wide technology, and everything's going on. And then the kid shows up, and Monday is awesome. And then Wednesday, some kid gives that teacher the finger, and it all comes crashing down. You know, and now what? But for me, it really is those hallway meetings for 30 seconds where four teachers come together for 30 seconds and just talk about what's amazing in their classroom today and tell a story about a a kid that did a great job, Mm. you know, and and setting the tone for your lunch bunch and setting your tone. You know, I remember, um, you know, going into the teacher workroom and somebody yelling out, man, we need to change the toner. And I'm thinking, Right, we need to change the tone in here. <laughs> yeah, we need got to change. That, got that right. Right, we sure do. <laughs> right, <laughs> and uh, and 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 really, you know, I always say the the person responsible for school culture is you. Like every like individually, it's your job. And people think, well, how does it? That's the way it works. Like, is we all take responsibility for culture. That's it. And um, but man, it's it's the it's the everyday conversation, casual conversation mm. that, that, that determines professional development. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know that I'm huge on acronyms. Yep. And, um, so, you know, if I was, a if I was, if I was talking to a group of principals right now, I would say, you know, that they need to do four things throughout the year to create that environment where it's a day to every, this, these are things that they do need to do every day. And it's an acronym for play. And the first one is, you know, who are their people? You know, even the, even a principal needs to surround themselves with some people that they trust and that they have, the, they can have those conversations with on a regular basis. If it's another principal in another building um, or another district, but, but it's good to have who, who are your people and um, surround yourself with those people that are going to support you, care about your journey and uh, care about your soul and, and want you to be successful. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. The second thing is, is love is uh, so how do you love? How do you, how do you, um, you know, how do you, if you're not touchy feely, how are you going to communicate to your staff and your students that you care? Um, you know, who loves you? Who do you love? And, uh, you know, those kind of questions. And, and then the third thing really is interesting to me is, is acknowledge. Um, you know, sometimes we have to acknowledge where we fall short. And because if we don't, we don't develop a plan to correct it. You right. know, if we just keep going and doing the same thing. From one year. And that, again, we talked about that. The beauty of school is we get to restart. And, and, and really we have – you talked about halftime and, and those kind of things. But really there's several restarts. I mean, yep. of course, every day is a restart. But in education, you know, on the calendar, we have built-in restarts every six weeks, every nine weeks. Whatever you're on is an opportunity for restart. So a constant reflection or acknowledgement of what worked and what didn't work. And then also uh, that last part is – is why 
uh, is yearn. What do you, what's your passion? What do you yearn for? You know, what is it, what is it that gets you, um, out of bed in, in the morning? What's it, what excites you about your job? And kind of like, that's kind of that question we ask teachers, why do you teach, you know, as a reflective or, yeah. or remember what got you in, into teaching to begin with. And sometimes we get in our fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth year, and we don't we we haven't answered that question for. And it's good to stop and say, okay, remember what what I was going to do when I got into teaching. Maybe I need to get back to some of those things, you know, you know the, that passion, uh, those strength areas that you know that keeps you engaged in in what you do on a regular basis. So so people love, acknowledge, yearn, play, and you know, for me, like the very best principles that are doing those things, they do it publicly. Mm. Like they talk about you're in the, in, in, in the, in the acknowledging, whether it's acknowledging people or acknowledging their shortcomings or what they're working on, but they're talking about it openly and publicly. Here's what I'm working on. Here's the book I'm reading. Here's my focus, you know, and, 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 and the same in every one of those, the P L A and Y, you know, the people that love acknowledgement and the yearn, they're, they're, they're openly articulating all of that for everybody to see. Cause that's what makes it real transparency. And they love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with a, with a school leader and they tell me, here's the challenge I'm having. And they're going on and on and on. I'm not sure what to do. And the whole time I'm thinking, you should be on a microphone in front of your entire staff saying exactly those words right now. That's what you should be doing. Yep. Yep. And if you're asking them to do it, you can model that in your um, staff meetings. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want them to set goals, share right. yours. Yeah. Um, accountability is huge. Um, <laughs> just thinking about meetings I've been in where there's like the instructional leader of the school sitting up there droning on about needing more collaborative learning. I want to see more engaged students. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Yeah. As, <laughs> as, as they're all sitting there looking as, at them. Sage on the stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Don't, don't do as I say. Right. But you know, who's fantastic. But then you like, well, like we went to Polly Ryan, you know, I just was texting with Heather, Heather Patterson, the principal there. Oh my gosh. You wouldn't believe her plans for her back to school teacher meetings. Cause if you think about it, what she had her expectations that she says for teachers for those classroom transformation days and magic days and, and pep rallies and all that stuff. Well, if that's really going to happen, I need to show them what that looks like. When they come back, so he's got a theme for every day. There's something new. There's something crazy, something big, something over the top, because that now has earned her the right to ask that of her teachers. Yeah. Being on her campus just one, one morning, I can f- fully visualize that. Yeah. I mean, that's just, um, again, that's that, um, the modeling you have, if again, nothing better than modeling. And like you said, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a an instructional meeting setting and and we we talk about doing those things but we don't we don't practice doing those things so i mean that's why i think if you took that's why i think sometimes football coaches or any coach are some of the best teachers um in the world Really, you are. know, teachers, coaches sometimes get a, are are knocked because of you know because they you know maybe they're so passionate about what they do outside the classroom. Um, but many of those are the best teachers as well, and they take some of the same aspects of actually you know communicating and actually doing and actually practicing. I mean, we don't we go to practice. 
We right. don't go to class at football after school. We go to practice and they call it practice for, for a reason. Yeah. And, um, so I think if you took some of those elements of, um, and, and brought them into the classroom and remembered, you know, I used to try to teach the same lesson differently. You know, you have four or five periods during the day. I mean, you can't teach it. I just, for myself, I can't teach it the same way five times. I mean, I was, I, you know, I was bored myself teaching the same sure. in the, and, and, um, during the day, uh, you know, your first period is so different than your fourth period, you know, you, you know, cause the time of day, just the personalities. And then you yeah. mix in pre or post lunch. I mean, Daniel Pink, have you read his book? Yep. When, yeah. uh, talks about timing. And so that, that sheds light on, you know, how you, uh, even approach, a lesson but based on you know time, the time of day yeah. and uh, creativity and so forth so i think those are all things that we need to uh, be aware of you know those uh to, to think about you know i think in texas coaches get a lot of uh heat sometimes just simply because of the pressure that's you know the and the money that's spent on football and things like that but here's the deal man when your job depends on wins and losses which it really does you're not going to last as a high school football coach if you're if you if you're losing more to, more than you're winning. It's just not going to happen. Then that changes everything about how you teach, because it you know it, it really does. Mm. It's amazing, and I, I always say, can you imagine putting you know sixteen year old kids in the middle of a stadium to take a math test with people screaming at them, screaming at your teacher, "You suck! <laughs> <laughs> that kid's terrible! Take him out!" And then have the kid try to pass a test. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 I just, uh, it give it would, it gives, uh, a whole new level of respect for, uh, I mean, the livelihood that, um, the life of a coach mm -hmm. and, and, and the livelihood and what depends on their, um, you know, the Friday night results. Yeah. You know, if every Monday morning our classroom results were posted in the newspaper or Saturday, you know, or Saturday from the week, you know, um, I think that that would uh, maybe draw a little bit more respect for what coaches do, yep. you know, on the field. But they just uh, have a different mentality. Yeah, I, I remember, yeah. man, when I when I first became a teacher is uh, my first year teaching. We um, I was a band director and, you know. Uh, we worked real hard and, and, uh, we, uh, we marching contest and we qualified for regional marching contest first year, first year teacher, no assistant, no nothing. And, um, then grades came out and I had nine kids fail, which in a lot, if you're at a five, a school it was out of one, a school. And so that was like 25% of my band. <laughs> right? So I said, all right, well, I guess that's that, you know, what are you going to do? Right. And then, uh, and so I'm in the band hall. And there's a knock at the door, and open it up, and it's Peggy. And it's Peggy Schwartz, and she was the she was volleyball coach. She was every every coach, you know, on the women's uh, side. Her husband was athletic director, big Sammy Schwartz, and um and she opened the door. She's sitting there staring at me, and she goes, she and she goes, what the hell are you thinking? I go, what? She goes, I heard you're 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 not going to go to regional contest. I said, no, I had like half my band failed, man, like nine kids. And she goes, this is, this is the first time those kids will have ever gone to that contest. We're going. And she goes, well, when's the rehearsal? And I'm like, we canceled it. You need to get it back on the calendar. So it was like the next day or something. And so I had scheduled rehearsal because she told me to. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. She's yelling at me. And she shows up with nine volleyball players. These wow. are, these are new band students. Wow. 
And she, she goes, give an instrument. And I give it. And I said, well, I don't have mouthpieces. They're not going to play. They don't need mouthpieces. <laughs> and she's out there teaching them, point the horn that way, act like you wiggle your fingers, <laughs> do what they do, get in line. And within a week, we taught them the show. Well, she taught them the show. Wow. Yeah. And then, like, it changes. Like, oh, my. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was possible. Mm-hmm. And like you can't do better until you know better. I didn't know any better. Mm. I thought I thought I thought that'd be bad kids. Apparently not. <laughs> they just had to be good kids just, just with a good teacher. And she showed up on that day. Changed everything mm. about what's possible. About, about kind of what this thing's really about. Mm. Why are you going to penalize the rest of those kids for those because nine kids failed? Well, again, those are the best kind of teachers um, or coaches, whatever. I mean, um, all to me, they're the same. Synonymous. That that has such that carry such a belief in you yeah. that make you believe that you can do it even if you don't think you can. You know, I struggled with math. Uh, always did. Um, I don't know if I ne- ever had a math teacher that made me feel like I was smart enough um, to do math. And I think if I had a, if I had that if I had had that math teacher that stayed with me and and coached me, um, maybe maybe things would have been different. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the secret. You know, I think you can teach a lot of this other stuff, the academic part of it, but um, some of that just has to be want to, yeah. you know, on the teacher's uh, side of it. You know, the, and how incredible that story is that you have that that coach came in and made a difference in the lives, uh, you know, of the kids that um, that did pass yeah. <laughs> that would have missed out on that opportunity. Mm. Um, and so she made that happen. And we did really well. We were we were we came in third, which we we were alternate for state. So it, it's, a, it's a huge accomplishment, man. All with 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 nine tall volleyball girls that couldn't play a note. <laughs> I remember when I coached at Hempstead, we were three A, but we were a small three A, and the whole uh, trombone section was football players. And so at halftime, I never saw them at halftime. Because they played in the band, and so they would wear their football pants, uh-huh. take their shoulder pads off. Yep. And I, I have one of my favorite pictures uh, is the of my three football players that were marching in the band with their trombone. Yep, that's what works, man. At one, a, I had less than half the kids in a band uniform: cheerleaders, football players, snack bar workers. You know, everybody <laughs> climbing over the counter, <laughs> putting down a hot dog. You know, grab your trombone. Let's do this. It's, but it's awesome. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know it, it's just amazing, man. I love uh, – here's the thing about the whole coaching deal is um, what they truly are really good at is understanding the psychology. Like understanding the psychology of how that kid needs to feel emotionally in order for them to play at their very best, which is the same thing in the classroom when the kid comes through the door. You know, what am I doing so I can get this kid in the – prime emotional state for this kid to learn and perform at his best today. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that, uh, you know, unfortunately some of the other aspects of the, of the teaching profession has, um, you know, sometimes I think my, that might be the intentionality of a, of a teacher, but, you know, unless Unless that teacher feels like they can be uh, creative and and have a way to balance all those other the other responsibilities that yeah. are handed down. I mean, teaching today is such a hard profession. I mean, it has gotten harder with the more expectations 
um, that um, with standardized testing and um, and and then all the other th- uh, roles that a teacher plays. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I think that that has to be set up not only for kids; it has to be set up for our teachers to feel like they can and and reminded that they make a difference. Right. That what they do makes a difference. And, uh, and when they get bogged down and all that other stuff, sometimes it, it takes someone else outside the classroom sure. to remind them of that. You know, I, I always ask, uh, when, when, when I'll talk to school leaders and they say, um, well, here's what I want my teachers doing. I want them greeting the kids at the door, make them getting them in that emotional state. And they're going on and on how they want to open class and open the lesson and the launch and the, the whole bit, you know, and which is great. But my question always is, how are you modeling that for your teachers as they're walking into the building in the morning? Like who is that? Who who is there to teach a workroom? Where they all where they're all coming in to make a copy, to get a coffee, or to check their box? Who's there greeting teachers? Because if, if there's not someone, we we really can't expect it. Yeah, we can ask it. The odds of it happening pretty slim. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's true. So true. You know when I uh. What, what I'm about to do in the next uh, four weeks? I'll go to all these convocations, and. uh People always are, get confused because what I what, what I'll find out there are those schools that never talk about scores. They never talk about the data. The superintendent doesn't say a word about any of that. Those are the ones that are absolutely killing it in terms of data and scores. And people think, well, the re- that, that's well, they don't have to talk about it because they're killing it. It's really opposite. The reason they're killing it is because he's not focusing or she's not focusing on that at the beginning of the year. Oftentimes I'll go and they, it's some of these smaller districts where it's mm-hmm. like a one high school, one junior high, one or two elementaries, they put up school. They have T te- I've seen in a convocation, I've seen teachers names on and out and it shows, well, here's our four fifth grade teachers and here's other classes did. And there's numbers up there mm. and you can see that one fifth grade teacher. She's slouching her chair. Oh my God. So sad. Yeah. Like who's fired up for that? Yeah. 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 It is it is remarkable that those schools that don't front and center their standardized scores and, and those kind of things. Um, it reminds me of, of a former coach who said, you know, just do your best. Don't sweat the rest. Winning will take care of itself. So you just do your best and you create an opportunity uh, where teachers can be their best. And they're going to be. Teachers yeah. want to be their best. I don't know. Even the worst teacher wants to be their best. Yeah. And, um, so, but you have to create that opportunity for teachers to, to have that, uh, opportunity to, to walk into that classroom, knowing that they have the support and the culture, uh, you know, behind them that they can take risks and, uh, they can be creative and innovative and just do your best. Mm. And so that permeates in the classroom and the rest of it's going to take care of itself. I mean, I'm so, I'm so with you. I've, I was with a superintendent of a fairly large area school district that um, has that philosophy where um, they're going to look at the scores and they're going to see where they're at. Um, but that's not their, that's not their focus. No. And if the de- and, and he even made the statement that if it ever comes to that, then, you know, he's in the wrong district. 
So I just thought that was, that speaks volumes to, that gives freedom to the teachers um, to, yeah, we've got to do this. You know, there are some non-negotiables, but um, how we get there yeah. is, is our template. You know, with, with social media and all now, I love when I see the superintendents making videos for their teachers. Let, like, let's remember what the school year is about. Mm. I, I know, I know you feel the pressure, but instead of that pressure, let's talk about the pressure of this, the, of, of making an impact on this kid's life that they'll never forget. Let's talk about that. Mm. And to see, and, I, and to see those teachers comment underneath, like talking about, Oh my gosh, I'm in tears. Thank you so much. I needed that changes everything. Yeah. And how much and how much better is that teacher going to teach now? That's the crazy part because when they focus on the data and the scores and the numbers and all that stuff, now now we have a job. Now you, now we're in the grind. Mm-hmm. And when when a superintendent posts something like that and talking about the impact that we're making on a kid's life, it's going to last forever. Now a teacher can live up to their passion. And the crazy part is, a passionate teacher is going to outwork a grinding teacher every time because the, the grinder is going to burn out. The passion one will never burn out. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it's kind of the jobs is, is to fuel that fire. And then on the campus level, man, here's what I love. Like when I, when I work with, you know, kind of a, like a leadership team and I'll ask teachers around school, it's fascinating. I'll ask teachers, you know, especially if it's a large high school, they might have four or five, six assistant principals, an associate, a building principal, there's a counselor. I'll ask teachers around school, hey, who's, who's the administrator on that team that is here for teachers on do whatever it takes to make your life easier so you can teach it? They all come up with the same name. Like they know who that is. Oh, she is amazing. Anything I'm, I'm, she, 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 I'm not even, I'm not even getting observed by her this year, but she always stops by and waves, asks me if I need anything. Mm. You know, she saw a light bulb was out in my room, came back. She was on a chair chain. There's a light bulb, like little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's that combination, mm. man, of, of having, you know, a district wide philosophy, that is being really articulated well by the superintendent along with those people on campus that you know are committed to doing whatever it takes for you as an educator to teach kids. Yeah, as as a high school principal, I felt like probably my number one job was to be the campus cheerleader and celebrate um, our teachers and our kids. And, and like that recognition that you talked about, that acknowledgement – and, uh, you know, again, doing that through social media, um, but also more importantly, um, publicly and personally yeah, and, um, being present, all of those things, just being, um, you know, you know, sticking your head in the door of the classroom and, and being at all the events and, um, again, celebrating the accomplishments and the efforts, you know, mm. um, and the dedication and recognizing the uh, commitment of the teachers and all the hard work and dedication that they've put in um, to, to, to bring us to this point. And, um, you know, administrators and campuses uh, leadership a lot of times get a lot of the accolades when – um, school ratings come out or, you know, um, some type of, of, of accomplishment is awarded to a, to a building or a district, but, but it is the teachers 
that make it make it happen. And um, all of the accomplishments that we made at Magnolia High School was because of an amazing collection of professional and caring staff members. Yep. And um, how you are able to best communicate that sentiment to your teachers is so key in order for them to, as you say, be free just to be who they are in a classroom. Yeah. So, so ultimately our kids benefit. So, um, I remember the first time we talked and you'd recently won the principal of the year, did that thing. And I still remember I said, man, what was that like receiving that award? And I'll never forget. You said, well, I got up on the podium and before I said anything, the thought occurred to me, man, I'm not even the best principal on my campus. Let <laughs> alone to this room. Absolutely true. <laughs> there is a God because I was principal of the year. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean you know, um, you that goes back to people. That first part of play. Yeah. Who are your people, and who you surround yourself? And I had have had many amazing mentors in my life. And uh, before I became a, a principal, I had the you know availability of countless uh, professionals who who poured it into my my life and my career. Yeah. And um, I wanted I wanted to be always that same person, and uh, to to those that I led and um, and celebrated. So, yeah, it, it's, you know, it, you know, it's anytime a person wins an individual award, it's a reflection of the team. Sure. So, so the question is how well are you acknowledging and recognizing your team? Yeah. But I think even more than that, man, I think you're, you know, I think it's important not to underplay the, the ability you had to, um, spot great talent. Hmm. And then also um, being self-aware of what you, what you needed because like being aware of where you, wasn't your strength or something you didn't like to do. T- typically that's, that's the area of weakness. Like I don't like to do it. So I'm weak at it or I'm weak at it because I don't like to do it. But there's people that love that stuff, mm. you know, being self-aware to know. So I think maybe self-awareness and also spotting great talent. You know, I had a friend who um, he told me when he hires, he said um, there's a neon sign that appears above someone's head with a flashing fluorescent neon green arrow that says, this is, this is one of us. This is one. And he goes, if I don't see that sign, they're not like, if I have the idea, man, I, I bet they'd be pretty good. Uh, uh-uh. mm-hmm. and, and I think what, what you were able to do is fill that school with so many great people doing amazing stuff for kids. And like, that's a huge part of leadership. Well, and, and like Stephen Covey used to say, you got to take care of the goose that lays the golden eggs, and um, that is that's a that's a daily basis, and just you know, again, figuring out ways to communicate your gratitude. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Mm. You know, I think we, one of the things we always uh, talked about in our, one of the classes I taught, my leadership class for kids, was, um, 
you know, we, we can't bring more into our lives until we're grateful and we appreciate whatever it is that we have now. Even if it's really hard and not anything like you wish it was, mm. the moment we're grateful for the little, the, what little we have right now, that's what we can bring more into our lives. Yeah, one of the last years I was there, we gave bracelets to every kid on campus. Of course, a hashtag. Green, and they were green, like these lime green bracelets that said green, uh, green with gratitude. And Magnolia High School is green with gratitude. And so I was the attitude of gratitude. Right. Um, I wanted that to be um, across the campus. And like you said, it's hard to not be um, happy, uh, you know, or feel um, like you're not contributing when you when you're when you're grateful. Yeah. And, and to take a pause and take a look at all the amazing things that we have in front of us mm. and to be grateful. And so that was definitely, you know, that was kind of our, our word, um, you know, that we kind of um, pointed towards our standing operating procedure for that school year as another uh, layer to that foundation. Right. And I think people get caught up sometimes in the big picture stuff like, oh, my gosh, how do you – I mean, how are we creating a culture of gratitude? That's like that's the giant umbrella over it. But what it is, man, it's it's the it's the tiny, simple little things that um, make it happen. Just even like using that team leadership model, where we take sixty seconds before class starts. Not even sixty seconds. Sometimes with forty seconds of going around the classroom, and every kid talking about something cool, something fun that's happened in their life, and with within the last twenty three hours that we've seen each other. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard at first because they can't think of anything because it's not a natural thing to do. Like it's. The natural thing is to think about what sucks in your life. But when they get in the habit and they learn after a couple of weeks and they realize, you know, having frozen yogurt is an amazing thing, man. You know, that's, 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 that's cheer worthy. We're going to cheer. That's awesome. Or, you know, just whatever, you know, having a conversation with their mom or whatever they go around. Those little things, it took us 40 seconds to start that class. But really what we did is we added one brick into the foundation of gratitude that we're trying to build mm. campus-wide. Mm. It's the tiny things. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, brother. Over an hour. It's good stuff. How's it feel, man? The, the, the single returning guest. I'm just, I'm just honored. Yeah, you are. I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, if any, so uh, since you've repurposed, you left the um, you, you've left the, the building as the principal, and you uh, you're going to finish your doctorate, and you've been working with schools and doing consulting on leadership. And um, if somebody wanted to chat with you, if they're having some struggles, you'd, you'd be willing to get on the phone and brainstorm with them. Absolutely, and Absolutely. Uh, and and help them out because that's the that's the cool thing about your gig. You've done it for you know three and a half mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. Your principal, a lot of experiences, good and bad. Cultivating playful entrepreneurs. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I just want to, you know, help. Um, I'd love to have conversation. It gives me opportunity to get back on campuses and see what's happening. And, you know, I love leadership. I love transformational leadership. Um, I love talking to young administrators and teachers that are, that have this passion and heart for, for what they're doing. And, you know, the fact that they're the change, they are change agents, um, where they're at and, um, you know, really just, um, being a coach and, um, having those conversations those professional conversations and, you know, shared visioning and that, that kind of thing. 
Hey, last thing, isn't it shocking? This is the part that freaks me out because I'm going to go to I'm going to go to some campuses and districts I've been out before. Isn't it shocking the dramatic, immediate, and dramatic change that one person can have coming to a new campus that is that has uh, studied and prepared themselves for leadership and just really gets it and understands it and they have a proven track record? You know that that's what like I don't follow I don't follow teams. Like I know you like certain teams. I like certain coaches. I'll follow that coach wherever they go, mm. just because I know mm. this would be a great program. I guarantee it. Well, I'm the same way. Matter of fact, I I like I end up adopting teams if if, right. if I like the like the coach. You switch teams, yep. you know, or or a player, or maybe they say something, you know, on social media or something like that that like go, wow, I right. am now a, a fan, right? You know, of this guy. And, um, you know, I never thought about Oklahoma state until I saw Gundy go crazy for, you know, where he yells at him. I'm a man. Yeah. I'm pick a man. on me. <laughs> He's a boy. I'm a man. Pick on me. Him and his moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I, be, I became a fan that day. Yeah. Like, I, I no, like now I have to watch. But, you know, there's a guy that has, could have gone multiple places and yet he has decided to stay in a campus, um, and has made a, a difference. Yep. I mean, longevity yeah. and legacy. So want create legacy. You know, you do that, be the one. Where, what is your legacy? You know, what do you want? What, you, what, you want, what is it that you want to leave behind, yeah. you know, when you move? That's a huge thing, whether we're talking about teachers. But even today, I want to head up to Dallas area. And tomorrow we're going to talk with high school seniors that are going to go into freshman classes mm-hmm. every day, freshman homeroom, and, and do mentoring and games and all kinds. Of, and that, that will be the focus of our conversation is at, what are you leaving behind? These people's lives will be changed because of you visiting that classroom. What is it that you want them to talk about? Their sophomore year, junior, mm. senior, when they're thirty, the the way they run their families when they're thirty five will be impacted by the work that you do your senior year with a freshman class. Yep. It's powerful. Helping adults, helping kids not minimize um the things that they do today on affecting future yeah. is so key. I mean, I think that was one of my, again, going back to my principalship, I think one of the things that it was, uh, that it was really heavy on my heart was communicating to teachers and students, a lot of times seniors, um, how do they want to be remembered and what you do today, today matters. Yeah. So So true forever. Yeah. Yeah. My brother, I appreciate doing it. Hey. Thanks. You're amazing. I love you. Love you. All right.